Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy Collection, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy push-up bra, in on-trend hues like green and citron and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... (laughs) Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Unpacking the Toolbox is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. My son's school this morning has something called the feast where every single parent brings in a dish. Right. And then the kids all sit at long tables. And basically we go around and serve the children and they practice saying like, yes, please. Or no, thank you. Oh, nice. Okay, so the food is like all for the kids. And I was like, "Ah, whatever. It's like 11 a.m. I fucking made a plate. (laughs) (laughs) A huge ass plate. Oh, my God. Stuffing. (gasps) Sweet potato pie. Uh, whipped Ooh. cream, uh, corn souffle, green bean souffle. Is it a souffle? Corn no, souffle. No, no, what the hell? And some... one of the kids thought it would be delicious if the <laughs> corn bread souffle thing had s- colored sprinkles on. <laughs> oh my god! And so do like, sprinkles yeah, on yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll eat that too. I mean. What am I thinking? It is a Friday. We've got work to do. We've got a podcast to record. And I was like, well, I got that on lock. It was not bad, but I definitely feel very tight in my pants. (laughs) (laughs) What did you make? What did you make for the kids? I lied to everybody. You picked that shit up at Bristol <laughs> no, Farms. No. You were like, Bristol let me Farms get it. Bristol Farms is way too expensive. I, <laughs> I ordered. I signed up. Well, first of all, everyone just thinks we're going to bring shabby pretzels. Uh, yeah. And we did that last year. And Adam was like, I'm not bringing shabby pretzels. That's like hundreds and hundreds no. of dollars. Like, we're not doing that. And so I ordered all those Caesar salad. My son loves Caesar salads. And no one had signed up for salads because <gasps> mm. salad's so dumb. But I picked up. I just literally got Caesar salad mix in bags 
dumped it into bowls oh, this yeah. morning. But then I and we're like, I made a Caesar salad. Was like, what did you make? And I was like, well, I made the Caesar salad, but I made the dressing from scratch and I grew the lettuce in my yard. <laughs> You're such a liar. Oh, my God. You know, they're, they're a bunch of Scandal fans and they're going to be like, that bitch lied. No, She's going to be like, liar. oh, my God, that's the mom who has it all. She's got the Scandal Rewatch podcast. She's got Katie's crib. She's an acting career. And she fucking grows lettuce and looks amazing. And I was like, and don't you fucking forget it. <laughs> oh, my God. But when they hear this podcast, they're going to be like, what? They're going to come over to my house for a plate <laughs> and they're going to be like, where are your raised farmer's boxes in your yard where you cultivate a full garden? And I'm like, I don't I don't know how to make a goddamn thing. <laughs> Speaking of which, can we just talk about and then we should we'll do an intro. But can you tell yeah. all of our listeners what lunch you packed? Every day at Scandal for like a lot of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we we mentioned it a little bit in one of the one of the episodes. It was I, I'm obsessed with canned beets, <laughs> canned beets and green beans. And I would put I may I put like a can of each in you know a Tupperware thing and then put oil and vinegar and that's like I I was having beets earlier today like this morning I had breakfast and I had a th- is your poop just like red? <laughs> no, because our toilets are black. <laughs> You know, what's funny, yo, (laughs) you can't see what's going on. I can. So part of me is like, am I dying? Like, is there blood in my stool? Like, is there blood in my, I know I can't. We got black toilets. I mean, it's sexy. Like a black toilet is fucking sexy. sexy (laughs) I get it. A black toilet is there's something that feels naughty and sexy about it. I like it. But I also take I take a big responsibility in like taking a poop. (laughs) And then looking at it to see how I'm doing. Like, have I had enough greens? Like, you're supposed to. It yeah. used to be in the olden yeah. days. There was like a poopometer, poopometer. No, yes, kings and shit in England. There was someone's job who the king would take a dump to, in the bidet no. next to in their royal apartment or whatever. And then someone, a doctor, would check the duty and make sure that their digestion uh, was like, all was well. I bet they didn't have black toilets back then. They didn't have, well, they didn't have anything that had holes in the ground, right? Unless you were the king. I think you were pooping in like like a rolling throne. So weird. I really think so. A throne thing, like a wooden throne. I can't believe you've never eaten beets and pooped in a toilet to see. (laughs) Yeah, my toilet paper isn't black, so that's, you know, I'm still. (laughs) Guys, this is the greatest podcast episode anyone has ever been interested in. And it all started with beets. Guillermo used to bring his salads and also talking about me not growing shit and not being great in the kitchen. Darby would make mm. the most incredible salads. Yes. At Scandal with shit she actually grew. With kumquats was the first time that I was like, oh, you could put kumquats in salad. And now I'm obsessed with kumquats. But she grew all that stuff. Yeah, she grew kumquats. She was unbelievable. And she would have like half a lemon in one of those lemon baggies that when yeah. you squeeze it, it catches the seeds. Yeah, yeah. And then she would have like some cut up tofu and just like yeah. deliciousness and i'm like if i had darby like cooking for me i would eat like that all the time oh hell yeah and she loves it too she's so good at it she's she loves growing so stuff yeah good at it which is yeah. funny because i think we haven't gotten there yet but when we get into the flashback episodes when abby you see her in the past when she was sort of like a Susie homemaker yeah. like baking and stuff like yeah. that darby actually has 
a quality of that. Oh, absolutely. Like she's a very good cook. She's a very good baker. She's very comfortable in a kitchen. Mm-hmm. Like I would be, that is not yeah. my thing. During the pandemic, she did a bunch of videos of her teaching how to cut grapefruits up, like in different, different ways, different creative ways to cut a grapefruit. And it was the most mesmerizing thing I'd ever seen. I was like, <gasps> mesmerizing. Yeah. And her laugh breakdown yes, on yes. the videos. She's the most infectious. Yes, I love her. Like when she's laughing and having like a mental breakdown, thinking something so yeah. funny. I'm I. Oh, it's it, the best. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think it's because she's just so pretty? She's so beautiful. That's, par- that's part of it. But yeah, she's just, it's just so fun to watch her. Crack yeah, up. she's so magical. Yeah. She's also redhead that has the most like she just looks like a unicorn talking yeah. about like people who we G and I have talked about on the podcast. Like you can't hide from anywhere. <laughs> I'm fine. I can't imagine walking through life as Darby with that fire engine. Yeah. She's red. Yeah. She's so hair. good about going incognito, though. You know what I mean? Because she'll yeah, she throw on a hat, hat like glasses. A, yeah. Put, put a ponytail. Like she's so good about it. She's yeah, so, she so good and, about like, it. Some very cool trench coat. Yeah. Today's episode of the Scandal Rewatch podcast, we're talking about episode 105 called Crash and Burn, which aired on April 26th in 2012. It was written by Mark Wilding and directed by Steve Robin. Steve Robin. It was guest starring Brendan Hines as Gideon Wallace, Bellamy Young as First Lady Melly Grant, Joshua Molina as David Rosen, Graham Beckel as Hank Tanner, and Darren Petty as Andrew Mackelson. Yes. Up, oh, we got to this place again. Are you going to do the synopsis or Shimiji? Let's see. Let's see what goes down. Let me hear you do that. Okay, shit. let's see. Synopsis. Olivia and her team help defend the pilot of a commercial plane that crashed, killing all on board. When Amanda Tanner goes missing, Huck must call upon his past to help find her. Fitz asks the vice president for help. Very nice. <laughs> Yo, can I just say uh, how special this episode is? I mean, there were so many emotions. I cried like a bunch of times. Watching this episode, and not only because it, you know, because of the tragic stuff that happens in the episode, and and the things that the characters are going through, and there's, you know, the plane crash, and yes, but it, I was, I was super emotional about it because it made me, it made me miss doing the show, it made me miss the cast, it made me miss Huck, really, like I was like, oh my god, this was such a special time, especially that opening scene when we're all in in uh, Olivia's apartment trying to figure out what happened to Amanda Tanner, yeah. We were all just like on point and just going back and forth. And it just brought me back to those days where we'd all be shooting together, right? And we would oh have my God. so it much was such fun. an ensemble. It almost oh, feels it like a so, play. Those yes. those that scene that opens this episode where we're all in Olivia's apartment and Amanda Tanner's been taken and every single one of us, it's like music, like you had yeah. said before on this podcast. Yeah. Like everyone's interjecting lines and we're all holding this ball up and keeping the scene going and like working together as a team. And you say, there's a guy watching you. Her trash was taken out. And, and then Olivia says, how do you know? Yeah. And you say, cause that's how I do it. That's how I would do it. Yeah. I love hearing that G that like you watch these episodes and you're like, I mean, Huck has so much in this episode and we'll, we'll get into that. But like, I could see why you miss playing him. Yeah. Like he was so special. Yeah. And you know, oftentimes like you work on a project and you're like, fuck, I wish in the moment, I wish I I was more in the moment and really enjoyed it while we were Mm -hmm. doing, because it was such a special, like, what do they say? Lightning in a bottle. Like it's it's so rare to have this experience, but for Scandal, I I miss it and I miss the people and I miss the show, but I don't feel that because I feel like we really, really enjoyed 
the experience and being around each other and knowing how special it was and and uh, not taking it for granted and just relishing yes. in it. And you yes. know what I mean? Yeah, I felt like we had such a gift, like also knowing when it was the, you know, Shonda let us know way in advance that it was ending. And I just feel like we all mm-hmm. really got to like therapeutically like process. I felt like when it was over, we like, like you said, we just laid our head in the pillow and know that we all made the most and of this experience and didn't take it for granted. Yeah. And I didn't regret anything. I didn't regret not, you know, not enjoying it or not. Yeah. Oh my God, me either. Yeah, 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 Ugh, yeah. It was the fucking best. Yeah. So we know that she's gone missing. You know what's funny? Wow, I have a I feel like Roxanne Dawson was around in this episode. Do I do too. That? I remember her. I feel like, well, we'll talk about it, but in the diner scene with Huck and Charlie, I remember Roxanne directing us in that scene. I don't remember Steve Robin, but then I remember Steve Robin directing me when I'm uh, torturing Charlie. Weird. Which is weird. I wonder if he wasn't a... Vi- that which would happen sometimes. Well, she was our producing director this season, so I don't know. But I remember coming on the plane crash. Harrison and Quinn are like walking down this like hill. We were at the Disney Ranch that day, like in Santa Clarita again, wearing fucking fall clothes, sweating ball sacks. Yes. And we come upon the set, which is so impressive. Like that's when I remember being like, my God, like this show has like a budget. Like I came upon this field where there's like a blown up plane and there's yeah. like fake body parts everywhere and all of these flags. And I couldn't, I couldn't remember, Katie, was that plane actually there? Was that CGI'd in? I couldn't it remember. Actually it was there. actually there. Wow. Yes. Wow. I think. In my <laughs> memory it is. Right, but right, right, right. I think Correct. I could be wrong, but like maybe at the Disney ranch that's like in stock there. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like at Universal Studios. Yeah. Like I think that might be like sets that are there. I have no idea. (laughs) I have a memory of Roxanne saying to me and me being so upset. Don't have your mouth agape like that again when you come (laughs) when you come upon the plane crash, because Quinn just does that all the time. I love you when you had your mouth agape. Thanks, G. Now I look back and I'm like, fuck, she was right. I should have taken that note. Quinn does that way too much. And I need to grow up. Like, Yeah, but that's her too. You know what I mean? Yeah. I shouldn't have been doing it. I should have taken the note and I didn't. And I remember her giving me the note and me being like kind of upset. And for once thinking like, first of all, I'd never been a series regular on the show before. So it had never occurred to me like, oh, like you should think about your character in relation to like all the other episodes and like the character you're building. Right. Like, I, I didn't. I was like from the guest star world. Like same. I was like, oh, I just was treating each story like in it of itself. Like I wasn't really I would never be like, oh, well, in the last episode, I had my mouth agape at Amanda Tanner's door. And then the first episode, I had my mouth agape when I when Quinn was (laughs) when Olivia was berating her on the park bench with the dog. Ripping her. Now I'm like, shit, I had my mouth agape way too much. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But also, like as an actor, you don't want to think about, you know what I mean? You're in the in the moment of. The scene, so you're not you, you you can't remember. You're not. I'm not thinking like, oh, I did this with my eyes in this scene, so I shouldn't do it in this one. And you know, you shouldn't be thinking about that too much. But right, listen, you you felt like it was a thing, but watching the episode, your mouth. You agape, were like, that's the fourth time Quinn has had her mouth agape. <laughs> was very appropriate for me. Well, thank you. Since you are the best acting ever, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. Then I wrote in my notes, we fucking meet Charlie. 
Oh, yes. This is the introduction to Charlie. Yeah. Like you see him. Yes. You're yes. eating a sandwich, which, by the way, do you remember that? Listen, bitch, let me tell you something. I wrote a whole page on eating <laughs> moments. It literally says eating moments, Katie. I'm not even kidding. I wrote my first question. My first question is, why Huck Finn? Second question, what sandwich were you eating when you oh, saw Charlie? Don't get me started. Do you remember what it was? I Yes, of course I do. Okay, tell me about eating moments. It was on holy toast and it was lettuce, tomato, and mustard. And it was a turkey sandwich. I'm pretty sure there was Swiss cheese on it as well. But the great thing about our props team... Was Jeff Props and George, I mean, we love them so much. The best. But they, when you would have an eating scene, they would go up to you the day before or, or usually the day before, or a couple of days before yep. that they knew that scene was coming up and they'd be like, what do you want to eat? If it was in the script that it was a sandwich, they'd be like, what kind of sandwich do you want? Once I had to eat a fucking cheeseburger when I had a scene with Joe Morton and all I could think about was shooting that scene and getting to eat that cheeseburger and then- <laughs> I'm not even, look how excited I am. This is crazy. But the thing about shooting a show like this is they they make several, several of the sandwiches or the burgers or they buy them because, you know, you have to do several takes. So all I th- would think in my head was, oh, I'm going to get to take the rest of them home. <laughs> or I would get pissed if somebody else was like, can I get that? I was like, excuse me. Guillermo, you are, it looks delicious. And then for for the half-baked fans, I don't know if you can tell, a little salute to half-baked, they put Funyuns on my plate. And Funyuns is a big thing on half-baked when Kenny is, you know, going through the list of things and at the end someone says Funyuns, don't forget the Funyuns or some shit like that. Did you on purpose pick Funyuns or did they just happen to put the Funyuns on there? I remember us talking about it and saying how funny it would be if we put Funyuns on the plate because it was a little sort of wink to to half-baked. Was George Props or Jeff Props, Did they were they like half-baked fans to know that? Jeff was, yeah. Oh, that Jeff, tracks. Jeff that for tracks. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the best. But yes, and, and <laughs> so eating is always, you know, I think that certain actors are super scared or they're nervous when they have to eat in a scene because, you know, people don't want to eat and getting fat, but, um, well, or Tony and, and Scott, I'm sure, but they never ate on the show. The only thing they ate was Olivia. <gasps> <gasps> Sorry, take that out. <laughs> no, keep it in, honey. Keep it in. <laughs> but anyway, no, but I'm eating, go- but then there are some actors who swear by it and think it that it makes you the best actor ever. Like, yes. I think that I've heard for years that, like, if you go back into, like, all of Brad Pitt's performances... He's almost never doing an entrance without eating something. Really? He eats in most of his scenes. Yeah, because there are very few things that you can do as an actor where you can't fake it. Yes. You cannot mm-hmm. fake eating. Eat. You have to but actually eat But people do it, but actors do it. And bad eating on a, in a film or on a TV show is the worst. Yes. Gilmore Girls, I love the <sighs> show. The worst fucking eaters wow, in the world. I need to go back and watch Alexis that. Alexis Liddell and Lauren Graham. She's I love y'all. She's just pushing love- bullshit around <laughs> on the plate. <laughs> and their coffee cups are like, you know, like there's nothing in them. No. Like it's the worst. No. They never take a bite. Nope. If they do, nope. it's like. <clears throat> nope. Oh, it's. So, so- <laughs> any actor is listening to this podcast. If you want to consider yourself legit. Yeah. You got to fucking eat in the you scenes. Eat, because it, it also does make you a better actor. You can't fake. Well, you can fake eating, but you shouldn't. Smoking cigarettes, yeah, you can't out. fake that either. Making out, you can't fake. So, you, like, bro. those are the moments where they're kind of like actor gifts. Also, like acting with a baby, 
Like you can't re- really like you have to actually like be there because it truly is like you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I remember my first like major family eating scene with on this other show. I was on my first series regular when I was 25. Lori Metcalf, who's like a, everyone thinks she's an incredible actress, myself included. We had these family like Sunday night dinner scenes that would take forever and they would go around and around and around and shoot everybody's point of view and everyone was eating. And Lori Metcalf would eat the shit out of her, her food. Really? And I would be like, this woman She's is a good eater. F- oh, yeah. And she's a great actress. She's on Big, like, ba- on Big Bang Theory. She's a great eater. They're always eating on that show. She's and an she's amazing good. eater. Yeah. And she's talking while she's eating, yeah. which is what Brad Pitt does, too. He's talking with a full mouth. He's talking with, like, wiping his mouth with the napkin. He's talking while he's taking sips of whatever drink is being served. And, like, that yeah. makes you good, I think. Yeah, I agree. I f- full on agree. Okay, so then you see... Charlie, who was cast crazily (laughs) when we see him for a blip while you're hacking to see that he was caught on a traffic cam. Yeah. It's the first time we're seeing this character, Charlie, who's played by fucking George Newbern, who's the dad from Father of the Bride. Yeah. Wait, he's the dad? He's the dad or he's the groom? He's the the groom, groom, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Now he's a dad. He's a dad now. He he's a daddy me. now. <laughs> he would get cast as the dad now, but at the time he was the groom. Oh, George. And he was is also the, the boyfriend the in Adventures in Babysitting. Yes, yes. And George told me a story once. I bet you were there that he was super close to getting the role of Marty McFly in Back to the Future. Screen tested against M- Michael fucking J. Yes. Fox. They yeah. flew him out. He was going to Northwestern at the time, he was a drama major. He was auditioning and they flew him in and he screen tested against Michael J. Fox. How amazing is that? Can you imagine that? Yeah. I mean, anyway, I just think the casting choice on that. Oh, so good. And he did not know. None of us knew. The writers didn't know that, that Charlie would be what Charlie became. But I love that they cast against type. You know what I mean? They didn't cast like some sort of goon looking guy that you're like, yep. oh, he's a bad guy. The bad guy. George right. looks like the loveliest, like kindest, just a dad. You know, a dad like next door. Yeah. 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 80s sitcom dad you've ever seen in your life yeah. or 90s. Like he's just so yeah. like, I mean, he's from Arkansas. <laughs> Go get a snack and we'll be right back. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. 
he says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Can I just say really quickly, I love in this scene is one of the first times, maybe it's the second or third time that we've seen it on on in the first season, but that they that Mike Huck's computer becomes the camera. Right. So they would take away my computer, like this is us on set getting ready to shoot the scene, and they yep. would put a camera right in, dead in my face, and I would have to look into the camera and pretend Pretending I was typing. It was the yes. And that was so much fun. I love doing that. They would call it Huck Cam. It was called Huck, Huck Cam. Cam. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so then later on in post, they would superimpose like the green like numbers and like yeah, computer types of letters going over Guillermo's face. But I had to be in Huck Cam all the time too, like just kind oh, of yeah. crouched down next to you and yeah. we're both looking like dead into the camera as you're like fakely pretending to hit keys. And Huck's, I, I, I feel like we all loved being in Huck's office. It was such a special set, right? It was so unique and industrial and and just a lot of wires and, and buttons weed. and things. I was, he had fucking grow. <laughs> A grow house, a little grow house in the back. Yeah. Towards like season three or four or something. They added that. Like, did they ever know? I mean, I felt like there were all these fucking plants hanging yeah. where you were just like, I know they weren't weed, but I used to be like, this is on track. <laughs> right. Yes. Huck's little dark hydroponic. <laughs> yeah. Is that the word? I think so. Yeah. yeah I think it's hydroponic. Sounds right to me. Then we see Harrison is everyone's trying to listen to this black box recording from Mm. the plane crash to figure out who is truly at fault for the plane crashing. Is it the pilot, you know, Darren Petty, who who played the husband of the pilot so well, hires Olivia Pope to sort of represent the pilot of the plane that she was not at fault. And everyone's listening to the black box and we see Harrison doing like the most amazing like oh yeah that he's so musical and he's like obsessively listening to the box it's in this episode where I'm like this fuck I love that there are three degrees of Britney Spears on (laughs) scandal you were in a Britney Spears music video yeah Shonda wrote Crossroads that's right yes Crossroads yep and Columbus choreographed one of her one of her tours yeah yeah. Like, <laughs> that's so crazy. Yeah. Why did she never visit set? Right. Between the whole thing of like listening to the black box over and over again, figuring it out. And then doesn't Harrison look at us? We're at the coffee station and he shouts like, it wasn't the plane. It wasn't that. And his eyes are all red. And you could tell, you know, I feel yes. like Harrison had red makeup put on his eyes. Plus his eyes looked insane. It was like, like he was up all night. Yeah. He hadn't slept because he's just like listening and listening and listening and trying to decode what's in this. And then he yells at them and says something like, yeah. I don't remember, remember what it was, but it was yeah. fucking brilliant. But it was so good. We learned that Lori wasn't drinking. Right. 
again, all these guest stars, co-stars, their performances oh. are fucking ridiculous. So the good. stewardess that did, was too drunk on her birthday and stayed oh, in, and then listen, Abby goes and visits her in the hotel room, and she's like, doesn't even know that everyone had gone down. So good, so good. The yeah, yeah, the one that was hungover. Yes, it was so good. She played Carly Reston, and her name, her her actual the actress's name is Amanda Fuller. And did you, you know, fucking Google? That? I sure did, Katie, because because of what you were just saying. She's so good that oh I God, was like, so we good. have to give this actor a shout out. Her name is Amanda Fuller, and she's yeah, she's been in a ton of stuff. She was in a Grey's epi- uh, episode. She played Brittany Murphy in a TV movie about Brittany Murphy. Remember the the wow, amazing Brittany Murphy? I bet she fucking killed that. But that this actress fucking just brought it. No, she was unbelievable. She's hysterical, crying. She's funny at the yes. top. She has to open the door and be like, "What?" What's and wrong then with, she has yeah. to go into this whole thing where she realized she just missed death. Darby is so good in this scene too, because you could see how cold she is. And she's like, I, she doesn't know how to deal with someone being emotional. So she's she pushes so the tissue box forward yes. and then she keeps crying. And then she pushes it forward again. Like, oh my God, that, that's so classic. Yeah, She's not comforting at all. Yeah. Was that written in the stage directions or is that Darby just making genius acting choices? I, I, I want to say it was Darby making genius acting choices. I want to say it, that too. It, so, so good. Like she did so, not so know good. how to comfort this what the character did not know how to comfort someone that's breaking down like that. It was just so fun to watch, to watch her work. We're back in the OPA office. Huck comes in and says and screams, Amanda Tanner is dead. Ugh. Oh, yeah. That's me and Garibald oh sound. My God, oh. I remember getting chills <sighs> doing that scene. Oh, that was one of my favorite. You know how you have scenes that it just feels so good to do yes. and they stick with you? Oh. I just remember that moment. What were our lines leading up to it? We were all like, I just remember we're running around in a fury talking flurry about, and yeah. Olivia's giving up fucking orders. Like you go this and you go this and you go this. And, and, and then you're just like, you yell, which Huck never does. Yeah. Everyone's caught up because I don't know if we mentioned it, but a, a plane and a plane crashes in the episode and it kills 120 people. And then Olivia now represents the pilots union. Right. And she expects the airline is going to blame Lori, the pilot which they do. Um, I thought we were all like running around talking about like how to find Amanda or something. And then you just come, Amanda Tanner's dead. Yeah. 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 It was, it was, it was something something like like that. that. Yeah. You record stop the whole scene and Olivia looks at you. And she's like, are you sure? I just shake my head. Yes. And then, Oh, and then that's my favorite fucking Carrie Washington moment acting oh, in this me episode. Too. Oh, I, I wrote I that down too. Taste. Yes. You and I have the same taste. Yes. When she marches out to the street to the black sedan like, that's been fucking watching it, and she's like, "Roll down your fucking window!" And she bangs she on the yeah. bands on the windshield. And she's yeah. like, "Tell your guy that I know." I know. Yeah, talk into your little microphone in your wrist, and you tell him that I know. Yeah. When I see her do that scene, I feel like she is summoning her Bronx, her like roots, like her Bronx. Like this is how I talk to someone when I am like in my most power and I'm so pissed and I've been so wrong. Absolutely. It's remarkable. And then she turns away from screaming at the two dudes in the sedan and the whole shot goes into slow-mo. And she she like rubs her arms. She yes. Just, which is so, Ooh, just I that little moment. Me too. Oh God. Oh my God. It's unfucking believable So we know she's dead, which is horrible and stupid ass Quinn Perkins. Yeah. 
<laughs> makes a promise, to oh. finds Amanda Tanner's dad, brings him to the office and said, everything's going to be OK. I promise. Oh. <laughs> to which Olivia is like, Quinn, can I speak to you for a minute at the coffee station? At the coffee station? <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah, what? And she's like, we don't make promises. Yeah. Ever. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And she's like, Amanda Tanner is dead. <laughs> and I'm you like, like <gasps> what? Do you that, see, yeah. I was not mouth agape there. I gave you other options. <laughs> nope. Just real quickly in this scene, we we are introduced to uh, to Hank Tanner, Hank Tanner, who is Amanda Tanner's dad. And it's played by Graham Beckel. Now, let me tell you something. I went down a rabbit hole Googling homeboy because <laughs> I was like, I do that with all the co-stars because it's so fun to see what they've been in. So Graham Beckel was in fucking Brokeback Mountain. He plays Anne Hathaway's dad in that wow. fucking amazing scene when they're having Thanksgiving dinner. Anne Hathaway and Jake Gyllenhaal, they have the TV playing and their little son is like watching the TV and the mother's like, um, you eat your food, stop watching TV. And, and Jake Gyllenhaal goes and turns off the TV and the dad gets up and he's like, turns it back on. Anyway, it's a back and forth, but it's such a powerful scene. And this man played Anne Hathaway's dad. Wow. I would have never known that. How great is he in this episode? Like he's, yes. ugh, he's That's heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. And what a hard. Yes. Like, let's come in. Let's meet you. And let's have you be here on the worst day of your character's life. Like He's in so the morgue, raw. Yeah. seeing Ugh. your daughter's fucking body. Like this guy is, he's just so vulnerable in this episode. And he's so sad. And to see this like grown masculine ass man, like breaking down. He's, Ugh. he was again, perfect fucking casting. We'll get, and we, Katie, I was wondering We'll get to it. But this episode, like you, I don't even have to say it, right? Oh, I remember it forever, forever. You and I, I have goosebumps. I think that's why I cried so much watching the episode because I was remembering that and oh, it was just such a, yeah, but we'll we'll get to it. (laughs) Oh my God, Guillermo and I, we have to get there. We're going to get to that scene really soon. Yeah. Okay. 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 Olivia calls Fitz. He didn't know, he didn't know that she's dead. Yes. They do like a split screen down the center with like, you know, where they split the screen in two and there's like a black bar between their phone call. And Olivia is the first person to tell Fitz that Amanda Tanner's dead. And he's like, come look me in the eye. You know, I'm telling the truth. It's not something I would ever fucking do. And she (laughs) says, yeah, but you let Cyrus off his leash. You know, if a dog mauls a baby, it's the owner's fault. And, you know, that's on you. Yeah. She said, he's a, he's a pit bull. You let your, you let your dog off the leash. Yeah. Oh, it's such a great scene. Yeah. It is such a fucking great scene. I wrote, I wrote, come on, split screen in my notes. Hilarious. (laughs) And then I wrote very Brian De Palma because Brian De Palma does that a lot in his movies. He does split screen. Yeah. Oh, such a powerful scene. Yeah. Then I wrote, they do right by the pilot and they have an alibi that she wasn't drinking. Then we go into Olivia asks, oof, this was my title. Whoa, G-acting. Whoa. <laughs> oh, man. Which is basically for the scene where Olivia comes into your office and says, I need you to help me find the body. Yeah. And if you need me to come get you, you know, just call or something like that. And we're like, what? What is this? 
What is happening? These scenes with with uh, Huck and Olivia were always so, so special because there was just that unspoken like connection with those two, right? The room was so full of emotions and like just stuff when we would do those scenes. And it was so easy to play, but it, it was exhilarating to to play these scenes with with Carrie. It was so much fun. And, and in this episode, I think it's the first time and it's the first time you see Huck torture someone. But it's the first time that I thought, oh, my God, this is... This is going to a really dark place with my character, you know, and I freaking loved it. I was like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me in my life as an oh, actor. Guillermo. Oh, it was I felt so so it was so great. But it's true. It's they asked of you like what they asked of you was so fucking wild and you went there so beautifully and I wrote well, Thanks, Katie. I wrote um whoa, geez, act, acting whoa in that scene. Um, not to get too deep, but a, a person it. like a person that's been through a lot of shit. I mean, we've all been through a lot of shit, no, but this say. is like a, a gift to be able to, to, you know, slice yourself. I, Sally Field said this once in an interview, they were like, how do you prepare for those emotional scenes? And she said, I start symbolically sort of slicing myself open emotionally and opening up all those old wounds and scars and shit that happened to you. And I'm super like, uh. If somebody walks in the room and they're going through a really hard time, my eye goes right to them and my heart opens up and I'm like, I can't like settle and I can't really have a good time if I see someone that's going through You're an something sad. Yes, yes, an empath. Anyway, so it was a gift to be able to play this this character and I just use that shit. You know what I mean? You can like go there and you feel like you're not allowed to do that in your day-to-day life. So to like get to be able, you know, some people would like, scream at a steering wheel or like sob cry in a shower yeah and most people probably don't even let themselves do that and then it's so awesome when you're an actor that you get to just like to do this stuff yeah let yourself go like go to a really dark place go to like a really scary emotional place and it's okay because you were in a safe environment it was also um exciting and not knowing what was going to happen when I was doing the scene, like emotionally, do you know what I mean? That was so exciting to be like, this is so fucked up. I don't know exactly what's going to happen if I'm going to cry or whatever, what I'm going to feel and do anyway. Okay. Then I wrote, Oh my God, he has Charlie (laughs) on the tarp. Yes. Red tool. Huck gets his red toolbox. I put 8,000 exclamation points. And I wrote red toolbox multiple times. This is this is the first time we see the toolbox, which is so funny because our podcast is called yeah. Unpacking the Toolbox. Yes. Unpacking the Toolbox, baby. Did you ever know that this was going to be his thing? No, not at all. Not at all. I knew when we, you know, when we got the episode at the table read or the day before or whatever, but before that, no, I had I had no idea. But again, I freaking loved it. I was like <gasps> God, he's going to fucking torture someone with all these tools in this toolbox. How did you make George Newbern feel safe? Because I didn't know him very well, but I remember him being like, I can't believe I'm doing this job. I have one scene, you know, where I have like talking with Guillermo Diaz in a diner. And then I'm like naked. He was like in a duct tape underwear on a tarp where I just have to scream a lot. And and I was like, 
uh, yeah, like, I don't know, for like an older dude who has a very successful career, like, I don't know yeah. what you would think of that job. What was it like on the day? Were you very collaborative? Were you nervous? Was he nervous? I think we were both nervous. I was super nervous, but but an excited nervous, you know what I mean? Because the scene was so good. But I think the thing with me and George, we, as people and as the characters, we clicked right away. Like it felt right. You know how sometimes that happens on a movie or a TV show where you're like, oh, this just, and and I think that was the case with all the, the regulars on Scandal. Something about this cast just, it was just right. It just made sense. You know what I mean? Yes. And when Charlie came into the picture, it made sense. And Huck and Charlie, it just clicked with him. It was, it was so easy to do these scenes with him because it just, it just felt right. And, and I, and also me and George, I crack up a lot. We love to laugh as you know, cause you love to laugh with us too. You, well, the three of us two were together a lot over the seven years. Yeah. And you, what's so funny about you two seeing you do these scenes with him, you're both two of the funniest dudes I know, two of the most sweetest in your hearts, like people I know, like, like really genuinely like want good things for people. And then to just watch this episode and see him fucking screaming his head off while you're doing horrifying yeah. fucking things to him. Like, I can't. He's drilling holes into him. Yeah. It's horrible. Is that what you were doing? It was drilling holes? Yeah. Yeah. He's dr- he's drilling holes in his body. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? That's disgusting. Mm-hmm. All because he won't tell you where the Amanda Tanner body yeah, is. Yeah. I'm just asking him where her body is and he won't tell me. But in look, in my notes, I wrote. Um, to film this was frightening, exhilarating, anxiety inducing. <laughs> I also wrote it felt like felt like an orgasm. I was in a trance doing Whoa. doing the scene. Holy shit. And it, and then I wrote if if it's like chanting. You know when you chant and you just get in a sort of trance, saying the words that Sean Shonda wrote and that the scandal writers wrote feels like chanting because it's again, we've talked about this before. It, it's so well written and it just flows out of your mouth so well. I felt like that happened a lot doing uh, Huck scenes because I I felt like I would go in a trance because sometimes, you know, you, you get caught up like, fuck, am I going to remember the lines? And then I'm sure you do this too or, or you've thought about this, but it gets to the point where they're rolling and they're like, all right, action. In, in my head, I think, all right, let me see if I remember my lines and just let the words come out. That's and right. You're, and you have to say them super fast. So- Part of you just has to like relinquish control and just whatever happens, happens and whatever comes out, comes out. When all the words come out right, oh, it just, it's, 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 it's the so best. good. It feels it's the best like feeling. Yeah. That aha yeah. moment or whatever that like yeah. you're in the flow, like you're in that human heightened high vi- vibrational flow where you're like, sort yes. of, there is no time. Yes. There is no then or future. You're just like. A really heightened connective tissue like right then and there. But I think that makes a lot of sense, the trans part, because yeah. I do think sometimes, Huck, the way you you sound when you're like doing some of those scenes is you're like, it almost sounds like you're chanting. I've never even thought about that until this moment, but it's sort of, oh my God, that sh- I could barely watch it. I was like completely terrified. Yeah. Okay, then we have... I put a shitload of exclamation points for Sally Langston. First time ever. Yes. yes. All in the White House. He's trying to pass the Dream Act, which is similar to like DACA, isn't it? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah. 
Fitz wants and knows that this is the right thing to do to be passed. And Sally Langston is holding up all the votes and not letting it happen. And Fitz has the most like amazing monologue to her about like, haha, yeah, yeah, fuck you. You're going to put the Dream Act through. Yes. And Sally Langston is so wonderful. And fans must have gone so crazy because that's Meredith Grey's mom from Grey's Anatomy. Yes. Kate, well, listen, can we talk about Kate Burton? What oh, a please. What a fucking dope person she is. She is like oh, so lovely, so kind, so loving, the nicest freaking person. And, and I love seeing really kind, like nice, genuinely happy people play these asshole characters. She does it so, so well. Also, Kate Burton which again, I went on a Googling thing and I knew this already, but Kate Burton is the daughter of Richard Burton, who used to be married to Elizabeth Taylor. She's the daughter of Richard Burton and Sybil Williams, who was a Welsh actress. And I just think it was amazing that on Scandal, we had our president and vice president were Hollywood royalty because we had Tony Goldwyn of Goldwyn Metro Mayor and his whole dynasty of like MGM. And then we had Sally Langston played by Kate Burton, who's Richard Burton's daughter. Like we had like two Hollywood lineage of like I mean, they have debt. They're 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 Hollywood royalty. It's in their blood. It's in their blood. It's why they can walk around and sort of be like, I'm the president and I'm vice president or whatever. But my God, (laughs) Sally Langston, again, in this episode, you get your first glimpse at Sally Langston. You get your first glimpse at Charlie, two people who were with us till the end and who were in countless eight billion episodes and were such geniuses on the show. Yes. Um, And then we pull I remember this like it was yesterday. We pull Amanda Tanner out of the Potomac. Yes. We shot it in Long Beach. Do you remember that? Wasn't it Long Beach? We shot it in Long Beach and I was so nervous because Scandal ABC or something was like making me go around at the same time and like interviewing you people. Do you remember that? And we were pissed. You were kind of pissed because it's such an emotional, you know, scene and you're like... Yeah, I was like, oh, my God, I'm watching Amanda Tanner being pulled out of the Potomac. And instead, I'm going around. They've asked me to go around with my cell phone and being like, what do you like about Scandal? (laughs) I'm like, obviously, that shit is important because the show was in no way, shape, form a hit in season one. And we were doing whatever we could on the social media fucking channels to get anyone to watch our show. I feel like that was the hardest thing on the show was navigating, doing press stuff and... And being able to stay focused on our work on the show. You know what I mean? Because that would get thrown at us all the time where it was like they would come on set and we have to do EPKs, which is a electronic press kit. And you do all these right. interviews. And But right. that would happen all the time. But navigating that was like – This was like my like, first oh. day. I remember it. Like, yeah. oh, my God. Amanda Tanner is being pulled out. We're all so upset. We didn't even know death was like a thing on the show really. Yeah. And I'm going around being like, can you tell us what you think about Scandal? (laughs) And I'm like, oh my God, this is, I actually have the video still in my phone. And when we put out this episode, I'm going to put that on so everyone can know what I'm talking about. Oh, hell yeah. And then we go to the morgue. Oh man, Katie. And that is me. Me and Guillermo were like, best friends for life after that we bonded i feel like that was our first like bonding moment where we truly bonded as as you know as katie and guillermo like i don't know what the fuck happened maybe it was because we were shooting the scene where you know amanda's dad is at the morgue and he has to identify her body 
And it was already a super emotional, like somber, ominous sort of feeling on set. And 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 somehow, like, what do you what do you remember? We talked about this on previous episodes where like sometimes the tears are there and sometimes they're not. Mm-hmm. And this was one of these days where for some reason, like in the universe, Guillermo and I were just like a well of emotion and tears and feelings. And yeah. we were standing at that window looking into the morgue at Amanda's body mm-hmm. and I couldn't stop crying. And I and I'm just feeling the feelings of yeah. the show and I had lost, I was kept, you know, things kept coming into my head and I had lost a friend who had died of lung cancer um, right when I auditioned for the part. And she, for some reason, was just like, her spirit was like very present in the room for me. I remember you telling me that story. Yeah. Instead of running away from it, I was really sinking into it and I was really emotional. And it was one of these days where it's like we had the opportunity to really just like Feel it and Guillermo to was use it. Yeah. right there oh. with me. Yeah, I remember me and you stepping like away from everyone. We were in the back of the set and we were talking about all this stuff and we couldn't stop crying. <laughs> and I remember you telling me now that you guys all, I don't know if you still do it, go on I, a hike. Every year, every year on her death. Yeah, every year on her death. That day sticks so strongly in my memory and it's so special. Mine too. Like I'll, I've never had a, an experience like that with- with someone. It was so special. It was so, oh, Katie and I wrote down no tear stick here. We talked about, (laughs) we didn't need that. See, yeah, sometimes you need that tear stick. We didn't need that menthol blower. No, we didn't need it. We got tears for fucking days. (laughs) We'll be back soon, guys. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 
oh, this part really quick. Mm-hmm. Olivia goes to touch Huck at that same scene and you like quickly jerk yourself away and we realize yeah, that Yeah, recoil away. Yeah. that it has taken a toll. It has you you getting Charlie on the tarp mm-hmm. took its toll. Yeah. Um I wrote Amanda dead we're crying. We were crying so much when we shot that. Do you remember Guillermo? Oh That's what I God. wrote. Oh my God. I wrote do you remember <laughs> Katie? Oh my God. Look, I said I wrote look Katie exclamation point remember our special emotional time while filming at the coroner's, we couldn't stop I crying. Can't. We truly bonded in this episode. Oh. No tear stick here. <laughs> oh my God. That's so crazy. We are. Um, okay. <laughs> then Darren Petty crying for his wife. Yeah. Finally, they get to the bottom of it that like, it was this poor fucking lady's oh. fault about the plane she made it to her daughter's recital and she decided to just duplicate right duplicate the, 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 the form report when the plane was broken and she sent it up the ladder and the plane was broken but it was her fault for not filing it correctly and yes she, she's there they're underpaid and overworked and normally her job used to be two people's jobs and Ugh. she's amazing in that scene can we just give a shout out to Lenora May is the actress who played oh, that role my- Yes. Diaz, I am going to fucking make out with you. Again? Okay. Let this podcast be known as the Scandal Rewatch podcast where every fucking actor gets their fucking Hell shout fucking out. Yes, Lenora May. Amazing in this role. And their respect. Lenora May was incredible. And she was in an episode of Little House on the Prairie, which is one of my favorite shows ever oh that Brad Yacobian freaking worked on. Did you no, know this? I didn't know Brad. Brad, who was one of our producers of Scandal, was one of the producers on Little House on the Prairie? Yes, yes. He worked on Little House, yep. Didn't but know. she did an episode. She did an episode of Grey's. Um, Lenora May, she's a, a very accomplished actor, and she was just wonderful in, in this fucking scene, yeah. She fucking demolished it. And also Harrison's, uh, Columbus's reaction to her. It was so great. So good. So real. So, oh, so organic. Oh, so, so good. It was so good. So we find that out and Olivia's like, you know, lets the record be known that she was not drunk. She was an amazing pilot. The airplane says that they're at fault. Darren Petty, the actor who plays Andrew Mackelson, gets, you know, his sort of due of like, Wiping his wife's name clean. Yes. Um, and then the quick wrap up of the end of the episode is Tony calls in oh, Hal and Tom. So good. The two fucking amazing Secret Service agents. And he's like, what do I need to do to get out of here? They list this ridiculous shit. He's like, I'll do it for this. And it's a hilarious joke line because they're like, he's just like 43. Yes. And yes. they're like, whoa, is he like George Bush? Yes. Senior? Oh, no. 43 is George Bush Jr. Excuse me. I'm an idiot. George yeah, yeah, no, I, I looked it up yesterday. I was like, which one is 43? Um, then it cuts to Quinn goes to Gideon's apartment. Oh, he opens up the door. She's crying yes. in his arms. And where is Tony going? To Olivia's apartment, right? Olivia's apartment. And she's on the phone with Steven as she opens the door. And he did fuck the lady in the morgue and did cheat on whatever her name is. 
Georgia, Georgia. Georgia, yeah. Georgia. And he says it's Amanda was pregnant, but it was not Fitz's baby. And right there, Olivia opens the door and, and Tony's standing right there. <laughs> so oh, good. It's so good. I mean, the episode is a banger. But let's talk really quickly the moment with you and Gideon at the door. Oh, that was please. such a beautiful scene, Katie. Thank you. Oh, you were so, so good. Like all those emotions that you had throughout the episode that the audience has, like it was released through you in that what scene. And like, it was so tear good. Tear stick. Tear stick, bitch. I need a tear stick. I ain't got it today. I actually don't remember <laughs> if I used a tear stick for that scene or not. I can't remember. It doesn't matter because it was so good. And Gideon was so good. He was really good. And I, you know, all I was thinking about was like, oh, fuck. Here's where we go into the grilled cheese sex scene, which (laughs) we're going to get to in next week's episode. Katie, I'm feeling like we should get into... Is there any scandal tweets of the time that we should read that we feel like are hilarious and need to be mentioned? This is great. Tiffany Carter at Tiff D. Car Tom on April 28th, 2012 wrote fact Carrie Washington first African American lead actress in network show since 60s wow major true ps hashtag #major fashion on scandal abc yeah guys that shit was true she at the time Carrie was the first African American leading lady of a network drama in 37 years wow the last drama was in 1968 and it was Julia played by Diane Carroll but like since Diane Carroll, that had there had not been an African-American leading lady of a drama in 37 years. How insane is that? And that it was successful and that this show lasted so long. You know, it's such a such a wonderful thing. It had to be successful. I mean, the problem because sliding doors had scandal not been successful. There would have never been another black leading lady again. Oh, like totally. for a long time. Yeah. You know what I mean? They would have been like, well, clearly that didn't work. So we're not going to take that risk again. Whoever the they is. Yeah. But thank God everyone is amazing and watch the show because yeah. then after Carrie, it was like it opened up so many doors to like yeah. there being all different looking types of people as leads of network shows. Yeah. Okay. Matt Midovich, who was a very huge supporter of Scandal for so long at Matt Midovich on April 26th, tweeted, reminder, tonight at about 9.55 is when Scandal's scandalousness spikes for consecutive weeks straight through to the finale. So I guess we were like gaining some traction. I guess like four people were watching the show. Right. Jersey Femme, that's it. She says, oh my God, Scandal ABC was straight crazy. (laughs) Carrie Washington, you better act. You better act, boo. Hashtag Scandal. (laughs) Uh, heck yeah, Lego. What the hell does that mean? Lego. S.B. Franklin. Oh, Lego. I'm an idiot, but you learn something new every day. I think, I think it's like that, right? I think it's like, let's go or something like that. Yeah. They repl- They wrote, S.B. Franklin wrote at Scandal ABC, uh, heck yeah, Lego. Hashtag yeah, yeah, Scandal. Yeah. I'm ready to gladiate or whatever, which was Quinn's line. Yes. Hashtag squ- Scandal quotes, LOL. <laughs> David Nett wrote, Replying to Josh Molina, Josh Molina, you, sir, are the glue that holds Scandal ABC together. Boo. Boo. Also, you've left sticky fingerprints all over my TV. Please stop. Yeah. Oh, like is when that he like put, a person? Are they friends? I don't know. Like what, You uh. mean like when he put peanut butter on, on Portia de Rossi's like car handle? 
He put <laughs> fucking whipped cream and shaving cream all over my trailer doors, all over my car door no. handles. Oh, yeah. <gasps> he put that shit over my car door handles. We have to do a whole episode of oh. the, the shit that Josh pulled. He when called we have me. Josh, yeah. He did? What did he say? Well, he called me, changed his voice, and left me a message on my voicemail saying he was a New York City police detective <laughs> and that I was in big trouble. And Katie, that whole day, me being so anxious, I was an emotional mess because I was like, <laughs> oh my God, what have I done? Josh Molina got a voice changer app yeah. on his phone that he could leave voicemails and it didn't sound like him. He left me a voicemail that said... We've got your phone number and we heard some scoop on scandal about someone's behavior. You need to call us back immediately. And I was shitting bricks because I was like, (laughs) how did a reporter get my cell phone number? Like, and I've never been on a show that's successful and I don't know what to say. And am I supposed to call my back? And I don't even have a publicist. Uh, We're going to do when we have Josh on, we're going to go real hard. We're going to talk about all this stuff. Hell yeah. All the pranking he did. Those are some tweets of the time. This has been such an amazing episode of Scandal Rewatch Podcast because- it ended up with tears and praise and Guillermo Diaz just doing the most incredible dramaturgical researcher work on every <laughs> guest star on the Scandal show. And they are so appreciative. And I am so appreciative of the work you've done. Oh, please. Oh, my God. This is, I, again, I can't, I can't imagine doing this with anyone else but you. Like, it's truly a gift that we get to do this. You guys, please... Tell your friends that this is a fucking laugh riot. You feel all the feelings, (laughs) all the gladiators. You have a place to come now. Like gladiators, where have you been? What have you been up to? Listen to this podcast. Tell all your gladiator friends. Rewatch the show. Next week, we are going to be talking about episode 106, The Trail, which is literally one of the most famous scandal episodes of all time. Yes. So good. So, so good. So make sure you subscribe. Tell your friends. Episode 106, The Trail is coming. And um, thank you so much for listening. Yeah. To the Scandal Rewatch podcast. Thank you, gladiators. We love you guys. We love you guys so much. Thank you guys for joining us on Unpacking the Toolbox. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, share with your friends, rate, or leave us a review. Scandal is executive produced by Sandy Bailey, Alex Alche, Lauren Homan, Tyler Klang, and Gabrielle Collins. Our producer and editor is Vince DeJohnny, with music by Chad Fisher. Scandal is a production of ABC Signature, and you can follow along by rewatching Scandal on Hulu. Unpacking the Toolbox is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, visit the iHeartRadio app or anywhere you subscribe to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.